Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. guys and welcome to the stardom cast your weekly or sort of audio source of all things world wonder ring stardom i'm your host rob good and i am joined by the mark himself chris o'brien chris how are you my friend something occurred to me this week okay you know when someone says all the people on earth and that's meant to like include everyone but when people say that they're excluding like six people Okay. Because there's six people in the International Space Station. So, like, all the people on Earth aren't all the people. Chris, I I need to ask you this. Do you just sit at times and think, what bollocks can I talk at the start of the Stardom cast to make Rob go, what? Is is it like... It's really cute that you think I prepare for podcasts beyond, <laughs> beyond watching the show that we have to watch. <laughs> I turn up and that is as far as it goes. It's like, well, the reason I don't send you notes and the reason I don't send you my notes is because I'd probably be fired. <laughs> <laughs> in in my defense, I don't make scrupulous notes. And compared to me, you do. Well, yeah, compared to you, I suppose I do. Um, but... It's naturally... I'm just naturally talented. Oh, there's just there, there's no need to be a dick about it, man. <laughs> there's there's no need to be a full on dick. Come on. I've got a growing YouTube channel. I lost three Twitter followers. <laughs> I, don't I don't know how I lost a free Twitter followers, but I have. It's because of your smarky points of view. People people follow you for the videos and they go, "Oh man, this person's got weird." It's probably people who don't like DDT. I haven't put DDT on the thing in ages. I'm I'm still I'm behind on DDT. But again, the last thing on my thing before the stardom stuff was actually to be fair, this year week has been mostly just WrestleMania weekend stuff from a video. Mm. No, I I know what you mean. Um <laughs> it took me a while to recover from WrestleMania. I'm I st- honestly I'm not gonna be recovered from WrestleMania week until that fucking video is out and I still didn't watch anything. Like everything. Like it's not a comprehensive video. <laughs> and it annoys me, but I need to get it out. I don't think anyone is going to abuse you for not having watched the 235 shows that were on Mania Week, mate. Uh, and most of them were from GCW. <laughs> yeah, most of them were GCW. Which... And you'd have to put up with the worst commentary in the world. Oh, my God. I've Actually, seen no, a lot of Twitter backlash about the commentary, about the commentary teams trying to get themselves over instead of the talent, stuff like that. Yeah, also, like, they emphasise the wrong points. So, like, it'll be a big moment, throwing punches and nothing. This is part of the reason I like Sardom. I don't need to worry about fucking commentary fucking up. Um, and also, like, just some of the 
some of the <laughs> the speed analysis is bollocks. It's like you you haven't tried. I prepare more for these fucking podcasts. I was just going to say you you think their analysis is bollocks. Have you heard some of our Stardom cast episodes? We're not official. We're not being paid by Stardom yet. <laughs> We're being paid. Yeah, no. That's if true. Stardom started paying me, I'd pro- I can't trust myself not to go full shill because. Oh, mate, I would shill anything if Stardom paid for it. Absolutely I need, anything. I need that fucking paper. <laughs> I'd be hearing, like, Starlight Kid mask, my fucking DDM top. Like, <laughs> sup, bro? <laughs> Welcome to the Stardom Appreciation Society. <laughs> um, so, apart from wrestling, Chris, how have you been in the last couple of weeks? Consuming a lot of Doctor Who. I've, yes, again, I've seen your Twitter. I, I don't even post Doctor Who stuff on Twitter because people would judge me. Although then one guy did come up with with half a quote and I finished the quote and it was a magical moment and he might now be my husband. I'm not sure. It was, <laughs> it was, it was all a blur. To be fair, I can imagine at your wedding your vow was being Doctor Who related. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be ba- depends. It would be bad depending on the quote. Do you take this woman? I don't want to go. <laughs> that would be. I'd be mixed signals. <laughs> to be fair, I already have a plan for my wedding. It would be like um. This is far in advance because I'd have to meet someone and then it's it's a whole thing. But I'd, I'd be there going, "You take this woman, I do, or do I?" And then the whole crowd will lose their fucking shit, and then Bully Ray will come out. Aces and eights reunion, incredible. So, just to <laughs> just to summarize, your wedding in your mind is basically the angle from TNA, which would include yeah. which. Just to clarify again. You would need to find a woman or a man. I'm not judging. It would be, be a swerve for them at all, as well. They yeah. wouldn't know. I mean, you Maybe would have to ask why, why Taz want... if he was free to be the best man. Why do you... Just like, who's, don't you have four, <laughs> four siblings? It's like, I do. Just trust me on this one. Um, <laughs> Taz is have, the guy. Why are, we, why are we having it in a Universal studio? Shut up. <laughs> why are there 18 people here? Because it's a TNA show. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't draw very well. We just tore it. <laughs> My wedding out through TNA. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, because most people can't have crowds right now, we technically out TNA. That is true. What, just me and you? Yeah, well, the Stardom cast technically out TNA. In, ter- in, in terms of live attendance, in terms of, like... <laughs> in terms of numbers, probably not, you know, but we don't have a partnership with AEW, so... That is true. Not, not that we're saying that the Forbidden Door is locked forever, guys. I mean, if you want to do a crossover episode, Fuck feel free. Fuck Tony Khan. <laughs> Mark. Right, speaking of sloppy analysis, uh, we're here, of course, to talk about the Stardom Cinderella Tournament 2021. This was originally supposed to be dropped on Wednesday, but due to a couple of things, we decided to push it back to Sunday. Um, So, yeah, we're going to run through the entire of the first round of the tournament, and then we'll preview the brackets, because in... What can all be described as the most backward way I've ever seen of doing a tournament? They didn't release the brackets until after the first round. Um, never watch Bowler. If, if you hate that, never watch Bowler because that shit's a blind bracket. Yeah, I hate that. I I hate that. There was there was no reason not to do it at all. You would announce the competitors. There was no need to wait until the day to announce the bracket. But honestly, I don't think it really annoys anyone beyond us because we have to talk about it for a podcast. My OCD went through the fucking roof. I was like, who is fighting? 
honestly, I was just mad about the format change. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, so, very, very briefly, for those who don't know what the Cinderella tournament is, it's one of Stardom's tournaments. It's a single elimination tournament. It usually, apart from this year, all takes place on one show. Um <sighs> <laughs> it has 10 minute time limits you can be eliminated via uh, pinfall submission or over the top rope the winner usually gets well does get a wish which is a title opportunity um, i kind of wish we'd go mental with a wish at some point <laughs> what would you wish for if you won the cinderella tournament chris um don't say world peace you are not miss world um unlimited sausages Unlimited what? Soysages. Soysages? Yeah, I don't know. You put me on the fucking spot. What the fuck are soysages? Sausages, but made of soy. Are they an actual thing? Yeah. What the fuck? What do you mean, what the fuck? Vegans need to eat something. Soysages? Soysages. What else are you meant to call them? Vegan sausages. Soysages doesn't take as much time. I'm a man with limited time. <laughs> I've got time for your two-word product names. Come on, quickly, not slowly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, past winners of this tournament have been Tony Storm, Maywe Watani, uh, Momo Watanabe, Arisa Hajiki, um, yep. to enable to few. Julia is the reigning, defending champion, having won it last year. Um, it's not bold, but it's not bold, Julia. So Actually, I say bold, Julia. That hair's going back really fast. It really is. Like, fucking hell. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the big change between this year and last year and previous years is that the tournament, instead of just being over one day, um, they expanded the uh... participants and they made it over two days. So, the first round... Uh would take place on the 10th of April at Corrigan Hall, which is, of course, what we're talking about today. And then the second round quarterfinals, semifinals, and the final will all take place um, on the 30th of April, again, at Corrigan Hall. So, Chris, before we delve into any analysis on the matches and talk about who went through and things like that, um, I know that you have a rant prepared in regards to the change of format. Um, when you say prepared, it indicates that I rehearsed this rant. I've just been mad about it for the past week. You have bottled this up for a long, long time. Because you keep going, oh, talk about... we, we, oh, we'll talk about it on the podcast, and then you'd cut me off every time I try and talk about it, because I'm mad. I'm mad, Robert. You can't tell. You're hiding it really well, bro. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you more mad now... Or are you, or were you more mad when I told you that they changed all the time limits to thirty minutes? Right, when you did that, I was very, I was, I was wine drunk. <laughs> I like downed a bottle of rosé. I was having a great day, um, just sitting there. And then Rob's like, "Oh, we changed it to thirty minutes." I'm in my head. I could just see them doing it. Mm. I could just imagine that was a thing they would do. I think because they've already fucked up the format, so you know, why stop there? I think it was the fact that I told you you naggy went the time limit and you just blew. You just blew your lid. It was great. <laughs> Fogged at everything in capital letters. That was right. <laughs> why, why would you mess with drunk Chris? Even Garth doesn't mess with drunk Chris. Because <laughs> it's really easy to wind drunk Chris up. 
because Drunkwith, Drunkwith isn't drunk because he's had a good day, <laughs> unless he's in Blackpool. Um, so anyway, your pre-prepared rant about the... Uh... I hate it. I just hate the fucking format change. Because what, what does it achieve? It means we can have more children in it. Cool. I, I didn't need that. I didn't fucking need that. If, if I didn't look at previous Cinderella tournaments and thought, you know what this needs more of? Rena. Um, just that, that was part of its identity. It would be a one-day tournament at Corican Hall. You'd be somewhat special if you're in it because only about half the roster could make it. And and apart from here, where the only people who don't seem to be in it are either injured, Rena, um, Hina, or Lady C. Which, by the way, that must really sting for Hina, but she's a fucking lower twin. Like, that must fucking hurt. Um, but still, what does this achieve? Nothing. It just takes away, because those little stories that would be added throughout the day are no longer there. It just takes away so much of the hype. Because now, instead of thinking about, oh, kill this is what's going to happen next... And like immediately getting that, I now have to sit for about a week with the, with the fact that I'm gonna have another fucking Rena match to look forward to, and I don't care. I couldn't fucking care less. And it doesn't. It takes away surprises as well because all momentum gained from a surprise. Like for example, I would think Unagi could do more after her surprise win against Tora in previous years. This year, I do not, and I see no point in doing it. Because it just take it's literally just take, taken one of the main identities of the Cinderella tournament and then plucks it away. About this point, you might as well just call it the Stardom Cup, take away all time limits, and just have normal fucking singles matches. And there's Bushi Road, so I'm bet that's what we want to fucking do. Cunt. You done? No, but we we have we have twelve matches to go. Through. <laughs> More than twelve. <laughs> we have a lot of matches to go. Through. I'm with you, man. I I do understand the the whole, not the whole is, point, but um, is anyone happy about this? I've not seen anyone, no, happy about this. I I've seen, I've seen people say it's nice to see other people get a chance in the tournament that wouldn't necessarily have had the chance to be in the tournament. That I've seen, but the changing of it from one day to two days. I don't really understand what it's achieved. You had Corican booked anyway, so you know it's not a case of you, you. You've proved time and time again, especially during the pandemic, that you can draw a house to Corican, so you don't really need to have things it. spread over two days. Plus, the thing for me is one of my favorite matches. Spoiler in this tournament is Micro and Konami, and the injury, in inverted commas, that Micah sustained. If this was a one-day tournament, that's a storyline. You know, mm. how is she going to carry this injury through the tournament? But here, there's a fucking month in between the two... There's 20 days between the two tournament um, days. So, it's a complete non-factor. Any injuries that are sustained, unless they are legitimate injuries, are, are almost complete non-factors. Because there's four or five other dates on the Cinderella tour in between the two uh, tournament days. I, I just, I don't like, understand. You could build towards the tournament. What you do is you use those non-tournament days. You announce the brackets beforehand and use those non-tournament days to plant seeds. That's what you do. Like, even New Japan managed to get this right. They can't do fucking anything right anymore. They look at a not perfectly nice little Shingo versus Osprey match and think we're going to sprinkle some domestic abuse on it. So, like... They're not people to be trusted. How can they do something right and you lot can't? It's ridiculous. I, 
there was an idea bandied about, and I think it was Armani Shoe Exchange talked about qualifiers. You know, if you want everyone to have the opportunity to be in the Cinderella tournament, keep it as a 16-woman bracket and have qualifiers. Have would your Rina, your Ruaka, your Hanan, your Unagi, your Mina, and have them go through qualifiers. Because that way then it feels, you know, like you said, you feel you feel honoured that you are included as part of the Cinderella tournament. Whereas here, I mean, it wasn't helped by the fact that we had three people having to be replaced. That really mm-hmm. didn't help. I mean, Sayurida had to be replaced through injury. Saki Kashima had to be um, replaced. I've heard that she's either ill or injured. I can't seem to find what is actually the problem, but we wish her and, of course, Sayurida well. Um, and obviously, B. Priestley's gone. So they did have to scramble. But, again, I just feel like qualifiers, keep it as a 16-woman bracket. Because I know for a fact that they're going to extend the blocks in the five-star. They They I just mean- are. You say that, it makes it sound like we have an insight. No, it just it makes sense. If they're going to extend this, they're going to extend the five-star, aren't they? Let's be honest. Um, yeah, well, I hope we just do that in terms of field size and like not time limit again, because that seriously didn't help five-star at all last year. No. Let's delve straight into this then. So the first day of the Cinderella Tournament 2021 from Corrigan Hall on the 10th of April, an attendance of 606 people, which is a 12.6% increase from last year's 538 people, Chris. You're Good. welcome. It, it, that, that's the one argument I've seen for the tournament being two days. It gives them more money, but I couldn't give a fuck no. about how much money started. I mean... It... You say that they had the Corican booked anyway, unless you're unless you're saying, well, having the Cinderella tournament, you know, that is inherently more of a draw than your standard Corican card, which it is. But it seems like I don't know. I I I prefer it over one day. It is the crowning part of its identity. Everyone who's not like a massive twat likes that prefers it over one day. Just a disclaimer, Chris doesn't think you're a twat if you don't like it. It's, if you I like do. it. No, he doesn't. I, I absolutely do. Are you so, still so... wine drunk? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so we had a pre-show match because 12 matches wasn't enough on this card. Um, with Hina, um, the only person who's not Lady C to not be in this tournament. Um, she defeated Lady C at 6 minutes and 24 seconds with the Power Slam. It was kind of a pop-up power slam. It was a really cool transition, but yeah, I, di- I didn't watch the full match, I'm not going to lie. Um, and then we I, had... I did. I had it on in the background. I, I'm still surprised by the children's growth spurts. I find I don't like it when people grow up, but apart from that, yeah. Yeah, there's there's not a lot to talk about, to be perfectly honest. Um, we then had the opening ceremony um, where they just introduced all the competitors, which was literally just the roster of stardom. Um, and they also announced the matchups because the matchups weren't announced beforehand. Um, and then we kick straight into the tournament, Chris, with our first tournament match, Himika defeating Hannon at 6 minutes and 32 seconds with the JP Coaster. Hannon replacing the injured Saya Ida. First thing I am going to say, Chris, um, fucking hell, someone needs to take the microphone away from the laughing policeman in the front fucking row. Oh, it was fucking ridiculous, wasn't it? Oh my god! <laughs> Just oh my god, move the microphone. It wasn't as prevalent in any of the other matches, but this one it was proper off-putting. It's not as bad. So I've been I've binged a bunch of Brock Lesnar matches recently, so I can like bulk make my Brock Lesnar series. And um, on the 
on the Brock Lesnar versus um, I think it's on Lesnar versus Cena at SummerSlam. You can just hear a kid off mic. And <laughs> it's the worst thing. I've <laughs> never hated a child more than that. And I, I, I very, I'm very easy to make an enemy of. So like children very easily make it. Okay, now Jesus, I don't know what is the matter with you today. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So, so far, you've hated the Cinderella tournament. Anyone who disagrees with your opinion on the Cinderella tournament and all children. Not all children, just most children. I like I like babies. They can't talk. Jesus Christ. Um, what did you think about Hannon's um, attempt here at Himika? It was fine. Um, I enjoyed the drop kick to the arm. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit clunky. A lot of Himika matches nowadays seem to be getting more and more clunky. Like, she's somehow regressing a bit. I'm not sure how. It might be caliber of opponent. But also, Hannon's been shown to be very solid, so I don't know. Um, beyond that, it was a fine big person versus little person match. Um, Hannon did a decent job of cutting off Himika's offense until she couldn't, mm. and then got destroyed with a psycho driver. So I'm, it was fine. There's not much to say. If this was on any other card, we wouldn't give it the time of day. No. No, I thought it was nice that both women got chops in as like a little testament to Saya, which I thought was nice. Um, like you mentioned, Hannon adapting her offense to target Himika's arm was great, but ultimately it was a case of her youthful exuberance just got ground down by the power of Himika. It was inevitable that she was going to win. Um, I gave it two and three quarters. I'm just going to say our ratings here, all of these matches are sub 10 minutes. So you sort of take these ratings with a pinch of salt normally this would come in okay this would come like normally this would come with an asterisk of it doesn't matter because the whole night's worth checking out because it's short often less than two hour tournament (laughs) not anymore fuck you people fuck you chris is really happy about this can you tell i'm pretty sure this is more matches than you would see in the when we saw in the entirety of a cinderella last year no there was 14 matches Ah, so we're okay. So we're just shy. We're just awesome, cool, amazing. Um, Fuck you! (laughs) Fuck you! Fuck Jesus Christ! Um. Anyway, next match: uh, Micah defeated Konami at eight minutes and twenty-seven seconds uh, via an over-the-top rope elimination. Konami started wrestling in this match, Chris, like she had a fucking train to catch. I mean, proper quick <laughs> exchanges. It's like, bloody hell, calm down, Konami. It's like Fire Pro 1.5. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. I'd say it's probably it's top three matches of the night easily. Um, I thought Konami wrestled fantastically well, relentlessly going for the arm every single move to the point where we actually saw far less strikes and kicks and even more adaptable submission moves locked in. Um, Micah Selling was fantastic for the most part. She does forget about it sometimes, but she played the underdog really, really, really well. Loved that every time Micah tried to mount an offense, it was completely undermined by Konami. And it's just, it was wonderfully exemplified when Konami tries to lock in an armbar of her own. Sorry, when Micah tries to lock in an armbar of her own, but Konami rolls through into another one. And even when you think that Micah is going to get the shot win with the suplex from the inside onto the outside, Konami transitions it into that guillotine choke. 
It was just, it was beautiful. It was really well wrestled. Yeah, it was good. I This match was, like, really good throughout most of it, and the ending was fucking fire. Mm. Like, Agreed. The, the suplex on, because they didn't fucking half-ass it either. They both fucking took all of that. Oh, God. Konami literally hit the very, very corner of the apron on that suplex. And didn't you know that's the hardest part of the ring? I have heard rumours that it is relatively hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll ignore the botch where Micah apparently completely forgot how to get over the top rope. Um, but ultimately, I, I really enjoyed this match. I think this is... We, we've said quite a few times on this podcast that Stardom are very, very good at sub-10-minute matches. There are wrestlers on this roster who can do sub-10-minute matches very, very well. And I think this was one of them. I, I really like this match. I gave it three and a half, Chris. Ooh, I gave it three and a quarter. It, it was really good. Um, there was still somehow a bit of a lull in it. Like, only for a few se- only for like maybe 20, 30 seconds, but in an eight minute match, that's quite a lot of a runtime. Mm. No, no, I. So, um, okay, yeah, fair of, enough. Um, I did like the heart start, I did like the heart end. Um, but in terms of like eight minutes, when it comes to Konami, I'm expecting Shiri level after Budokan. Mm. And this went around the same amount of time. So it was good. I liked it. It was good. Yeah, very good. Moving on then. And our first shock of the tournament, I think. I mean, you can sort of class Micah going over Konami as a... I thought Hannon was going to completely destroy him. Okay. <laughs> um, I, you can, you know, but the way they're pushing Micah at the moment, I, I fully expected it to go through. This is my first real one. Um, and that's Yunagi Sayaka defeating Natsuka Tora at 6 minutes and 51 seconds via over-the-top rope. Um, that's just how she wins, because she's won, like, two singles match, like, two non-team matches. One was about um, a Royal Rumble, and one is this. Exactly. That's well, just how she wins. This is her 12th attempt at a singles match, and this is her first actual win in a singles match. The 12th attempt. Um, I mean, ultimately... Tora doesn't look terrible here. She beat the piss out of Yunagi for five of these seven minutes. Um, and it was very similar to her trial matches, except for the fact that, you know, uh, here she actually won. Uh, but Tora only lost because she didn't take Yunagi seriously and went over the top rope. She didn't lose via big move or anything like that. It was just played off as a mistake. So, you know, it was it was good storytelling. It was a meh match. It was good. Um, I like it. Tora works really well with rookies. Mm. So, putting her up against Unagi is a good idea because, you know, she's essentially a rookie. Um, but beyond that, yeah, it's kind of just fine. I liked the ending. I liked the misdirection crisscross spots because I didn't expect that. To, um, bleh, didn't expect to see that in a Tora match. Um, Unagi's offense still doesn't land at all. For me, like in any way, shape, or form. There were some kicks in the corner, and they were barely touching Tora. Yeah, they were not great. To say but they were yeah. pulled is underrated. Uh, an understatement, sorry. Yeah, like, I put I put my opinions with fucking... Yeah, it's bad. It's just... The, her offense isn't good. And, and it's annoying because, like, Mina developed her offense fairly quickly, and Unagi kind of just hasn't done that. And Unagi had a whole fucking seven match trial series to do that. And Mina managed to do it throughout the course of Tag League. So, yeah. I don't know, I'm just not, I'm not overly impressed with Unagi's progress so far. We thought she. 
she did have a very good match against Saya Kamatani. Um, no, she keeps have she keeps having these bursts and then she's bad again. I think it's whereas if we're to do, you know, the typical maths graphs, you look at Mina's progress and it's sort of it's a straight line. You know, it's a straight line. There's no, you know, it, it gets better and better and better and better and better. Whereas Unagi's it's far more it's it's far more up and down. It's a roller coaster, isn't it? We get a good match and then a bad match and then a good two good matches, but then a match where she her offense stinks or whatever. She is more inconsistent than Mina. Um her offense did look really weak here. Um but you're right, I thought Tora managed to get a relatively decent match, are you Nagi here? But you said in the last podcast, Chris, effectively in a placement on the roster, you Nagi is just above the kids. So she does need look- to improve yeah. and hopefully via exposure that that is going to happen. I can see her being in the five star to help her progress. Well, this is anything to go by. Fucking everyone's going to be in the five star. Well, yeah. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> it's going to be a 30 woman field. Um, with that 60 minute time limit oh. <laughs> and they're all two out of three falls matches yeah it's... yeah um, what did you give this match Chris? three I liked it I give it two and a half um, so mm. that averages out of two and three quarters fair enough and, and I know there are there is quite a lot of negativity surrounding you Nagi not from everyone but you know there are quite a oh, few there's some, believe me there's some amazingly massive fucking positive people and some of them are really annoying about it well what i will say is yunagi won this match there was a big pop from the crowd so you know she's over in japan um say what you want about the viewers the english speaking viewers but bob's sat people still shit on him yeah bob's shit okay chris so (sighs) okay so my pick for the entire tournament is in this match. So, if you will, Chris, just give me a second. Match four. Rina, replacing the injured Saki Kashima, defeats my pick, Azumi, at eight minutes, uh, sorry, at four minutes and 40 seconds via over the top rope. Now, if you'll just excuse me for a moment. Oh, fucking hell! He's a very aggressive man. <clears throat> And this, um, ladies and gentlemen, is why I was shit at the five-star Pickums last year. Fuck's sake! <laughs> also, genuinely, though, I don't actually mind this result. If if I hadn't picked Azumi to go all the way in the tournament, then I, you know, it's fine. You, we mentioned before we went on air, Chris, that clearly Saki was supposed to go over Azumi, and they needed for storyline. They needed someone to go on into the next round from a Weedatai. They covered the fact that Rina has defeated a far more experienced member of the roster by just spamming the shenanigans in this match. And ultimately, you just felt like Azumi was never going to win this because you got Tora and Konami literally holding her down at one point. My one um, big thing, Chris, is there were members of Queen's Quest fucking watching. Why? Have you ever... Played an RPG? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, okay. So the one I haven't played many, so I'm going to use South Park as a voice of reference. You'd get to a big like 
boss, not a boss rush, because you can use summons and bosses, but like a big enemy rush. And then you'd use like Jesus to make them all go away. And you wouldn't feel any achievement in what you've done. That's what Rena did here. She oh, kept yeah. spamming the Torah. Tor- the Torah button. <laughs> Walkie talkie going, let's go. It's tight. Um, Queen, I think Queen's Quest are trying to be more honourable, but also like but there's no honour in letting someone lose cheating. Um, it was a weird one there. Maybe Momo just doesn't care anymore. Maybe. Yeah, maybe she's just had enough. Um, I will say, to be fair, um, the pair actually put on a pretty enjoyable little sprint when the shenanigans weren't involved. And Rena showed some flashes of really capable wrestling. And I stand by the fact that she is going to be a huge star when she's older. She's You just get that feel for her. And I've said I've said many times, I think, that the difference between Rena and Hina isn't wrestling ability, is that Rena has that charisma, that presence. Whereas Hina is a good wrestler, undoubtedly a good wrestler, and will be a fantastic wrestler when she's older. Again, they are 14. Rena has that that extra special bit of something. Um, Hannon has it as well. But I just think that Rena can be a proper shithouse heel when she's older. And I look forward to seeing that. What did you give it, Chris? I forgot to rate it. <laughs> I gave it a star and three quarters. A star and three quarters? I thought it was better than that. I thought she held up against Azumi really well. It was a four minutes 40 match where it was yeah. spammed with interference. What did you expect what? me to give it? I don't know. It... You have to look at the ambition of the match when you're rating it. What would you rate it, Chris? Come on, give me a rating right now. I'm thinking along the line of two and three quarters. Two and three quarters? Yes, I didn't expect. I didn't expect such a non-committal rating to set you off. You're a really aggressive man. Fucking hell! Well, you would be aggressive if your pick had just gone out to one of the fucking children. I don't know, my 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 pick's Himika, so I'm feeling really good about myself right now. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. Because Himika can beat one of the children, you know who can't? Azumi. Not going to rise to it. Not going to rise to it. Um, Match five saw a rematch from last year's first round uh, with Starlight Kid getting her revenge and defeating Momo Watanabe at 6 minutes and 23 seconds via over-the-top rope elimination. Um, Chris, what do you think about this match? It was very good. I really enjoyed this. It's like the one time I'm going to be overly happy on the whole show because this was really good. It was like a continuation of their match last year, which was basically one long finishing stretch. But then but the B driver would that would finish off Starlight last year, for my memory, didn't finish her off. And then it became a big game of chess. And it was great. The outside stuff was some of the tensest I've seen in all of Cinderella's. The B driver into the Code Red. Great stuff. Just all very good. And like hard hitting and both Women looked really, really good. And there were some really nice kicks. I'm a big fan of kicks. Some really nice strikes. I like the strikes. And a creative ending. I like it when endings are creative. This is just really good. This is probably as good as you can get out of six. Well, I say that. It wasn't quite on the level of Harashima versus Sakaguchi from the DDT show last um, last month. But as close to that as you could probably get. Yeah, I mean, they crammed a lot of story into six minutes to be perfectly honest. I mean, as well, the fact that it's based around a move I thought was fantastic. You've got Momo, who last year managed to do Starlight Kid with one B-driver, 
and apparently doesn't believe in any growth whatsoever because all she's trying to do is spam the B driver. Um, she manages to hit it once, Starlight kicks out, and you can see there that Momo has started to completely underestimate. And again, here, she's been done completely by her own complacency because they get onto the apron. And, you know, we've seen Konami eliminated on this very on this very card by being flipped and hit onto the apron. So you would do your biggest impact move on the apron to eliminate someone. But again, Momo, what does she go for? She goes for the B-Driver. Ends up being reversed into a code red and she's eliminated. Once more, she's been done by her own complacency. And I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. And also, it was very fast-paced and I enjoyed it. Incredibly fast-paced. Starlight Kid has been superb this year. Superb. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait well, to see her with that singles title that she's she's definitely going to be getting, either towards the end of this year or the start of next year. I can really see Starlight holding a white belt. Um, I think she will definitely be tag belt, tag, blah, 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 goddess of stardom tag champions. I can definitely see MK Sisters holding those. Question is though, Chris, what oh. did you give this? Three and three quarter. I really liked it. Ah, has it gone on your match of the year thread? It has. Oh, oh my god. Um, three quarters that puts it on same, the same pegging as was my last three and three quarter. It was Ikari Noah versus Miri Yamashita from TJPW. Ah, <laughs> uh, do you know that won't make you match of the list? Uh, match of the year list, though, Chris. What match six? Mayu Iwatani uh, defeated Fukikun Death. At four minutes Wait, and he... sixteen seconds with a small package. I'm mad because these two have a rivalry completely based around me May's book. And they did I didn't even come up once. How how fucking dare they? Sweet Jesus, what fucking fresh hell was this? I didn't I it it was a regular death match, just n- near the top of the cats. We've evolved from lovable dancing Groot that despite being cute was completely fucking useless to the adolescent cunt Groot who won't tidy his room and nobody likes. That is I, effectively I, what we've got here now. I like I like all Groots. I'm an equal opportunity Groot fan. <laughs> I mean, this match was four minutes and sixteen seconds, and Mayu fell for the brainwashed go kicking shtick three times. Fucking hell, Mayu. If there was one word I would use to describe Mayu, intelligent. Isn't one of them. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't see Mayu joining Mensa anytime soon. No, true. <laughs> She's essentially a bushy. <laughs> like, if I, was to give, if I was to give Mayu a nickname, or, and a bushy nickname, it'd probably be Murder Idiot. Murder Idiot. <laughs> so... Sitting there and going, oh, my, this match, I didn't like this match because Mayu didn't wrestle intelligently. She never wrestled intelligently. No, I'm, intelligently. I don't like it because the fucking death gimmick is stupid. I mean, like, all death, all the death gimmicks are stupid. Just. I, honestly, honestly I, just, I, don't, I don't know why she just hasn't got completely new gear because she's still half dressed like Mr. Tumble, but she just run a shirt over it. I just. I... Are they trying to say that somehow Oida Tai have brainwashed her? What sort of capabilities does Tora have to brainwash someone? Because if she's doing it through torture, that's illegal. I mean, they talk about someone who used to hang people. That is a very, very good point. Maybe she just used Hypnotoad. 
Hypnotoad? What the fuck is Hypnotoad? Have you ever seen Futurama? No, I'm not a big Futurama fan. Really? You fucking... What? How? I've never What's liked wrong it. With... Why have you never liked it? What's wrong with it? It's just not The Simpsons. But you're mad at it because it's not The Simpsons? That is correct, yes. In that case, I could watch Stardom and sit here being mad because it's not Ring of Honor. Completely different. How? Well, for a start, Simpsons and Futurama are by the same people. There's, I'm sure there's some crossover between Ring of Honor and Stardom. Well, Women of Honor. <laughs> Which is basically a Joshi division. And Kelly no. Klein. Uh, no, but, no, but you're wrong there because Women of Honor are coming back. And you know what the first match back is? Quinn McKay versus Angelina Love. Great. Oh. Amazing. Oh, no. I know. It's so difficult to be hyped for that match. Some people are hyped for it. And I'm like, has Quinn McKay ever even wrestled? I don't think she has. Quinn? Really? Are we doing this now? I mean, you can continue. I'm honestly just looking for myself. We can continue. There's not a lot to talk else to say, talk about this match, is there? No, at least it was fucking short. I gave it one star. I absolutely hated it. Oh, she's wrestled at AAW. That's a respectable promotion. That sounds like me being sarcastic, but I actually do like AAW. Um, she wrestled Ali Cat. She beat Ali Cat. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it was. It. I. I. I've spent worse sub five minute time frames. If you say so. Um, <laughs> um, match seven then saw Julia defeat Ruaka at four minutes and 21 seconds with the Northern Lights bomb. Um, of course, Ruaka in the tournament instead of the departed B Priestley. Um, Chris, four minutes, 21 seconds. Again, not a great deal to talk about, um, but I will I say... I really like the Northern Lights bomb as well. It is fantastic. I will say Julia bumps like a fucking maniac for Iwaka in this match. She does, doesn't she? But we'll go into that in a second because you don't like Kensuke Sasaki, do you? Where the fuck has that come from? He's the guy who does the Northern Lights. Well, him and Hikiru Helkito do the Northern Lights. Oh, I see where you're coming from now. <laughs> Look, I have seen five Kensuke Sasaki matches. Kensuke... Kensuke... Sasaki. I've seen five <laughs> Sasaki matches. And they've all been shit. I'm sure that what? he has had fantastic matches. In fact, I'm damn near have positive. Not, have you not seen care. his Kakashi match? No. You've not seen his um, Tenru match? Right, Chris. Okay. <laughs> I have seen five Sasaki matches, and they've all been shit. Do you think, from that overarching thing, knowing what I like about wrestling, do you think I will have seen his Kabashi match? No. Good. Do you I, think I, I will have seen his Tenru match? Maybe? No! <laughs> no, I haven't! Of all five matches, it's been from the Champion Carnival. Yeah, oh my god, he's so shit in that Champion Carnival. Actually, didn't he do a retro WCW project? Did you come across him? He was Power, power, power Warrior. Oh yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Seriously, you wait for my review of that day one match versus Nishimura. It's awful. 30 minute draw and nothing happens. Fucking nothing. So it's like watching modern New Japan. Exactly. Exactly. What a lovely parallel. Um, yeah, Julia bumps like an absolute fucking demon for <laughs> Ruaka here. Com- infinitely more than she did for uh, Unagi, which made me laugh. Yeah, but to be fair, would you bump for Unagi? No, absolutely. Not for uh, that weak-ass offense, no. 
it's like in Simpsons, no one's gay for a moment. No, no one bumps for <laughs> Um Julie takes a lot of punishment, then gets the knees up for the freezer drop and hits the Northern Lights bomb for the win. I am very, very happy that she's integrating this full-time into a moveset and it wasn't just a one-off thing. Yeah, I'm glad that I got to see it in a context that wasn't a really dull 30-minute match. Yeah, exactly. Um, match 8 then. Oh, sorry. What did you rate this, Chris? Um, two. Yeah, I gave it two and a quarter. I thought I thought there was enough there. I thought Ruaka looked good, um, and Julia made a look good, to be honest. Um, match eight, then you have the red belt champion Utami Hayashita defeating Mina Shirakawa in eight minutes and fifty nine seconds with the German suplex. Um, Chris, opinion. I mean, a singles match. This, bleh, this wasn't too bad. Doesn't touch the moment match, but also it's not as bad as. Trying to think of another mean a singles match. They're not really memorable. <laughs> no, they aren't. No, I'm with you on that. So it, it was fine. It was better than I expected. Um, mean is getting slightly better in basically every respect. Mm. Like, there's no longer the I hear her theme, which is a weird theme for a wrestler. It's French disco pop, and it's great. <laughs> I won't hear a word said against it. I'm not saying it's a bad theme. I'm saying it's a like it's a weird one. It's like how Mark Andrews' themes aren't exactly bad songs. It's just a weird song for a wrestler to come out to. I I stand by the fact that the accordion underrated instrument in a wrestler's theme. Which Name is exa- one of the theme where, to be fair, like that's one thing about like I like about Evil. We have a harpsichord in his, and I, I like a good harpsichord. Me, <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, yeah, sure. Um... The match then, Chris? It's just fine. <laughs> yeah, the, I'll be honest, it, it's not the most there's interesting no... match on this card. It's not like, it's not like we have a lot of the other matches where there was a moment where I thought the underdog was going to win, but it's not a second in this match. I mean, Shirakawa was winning. Honestly, nine minutes was probably a bit too long for her to be holding up against the Red Belt champ, but, you know, it was fine. That was what I was going to ask. That was, that's the only real question I've got coming out of this was, did Utami give too much demeanor in this match? Probably. Yeah, I would have taken three minutes off of this and given it to Saya versus Tam. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Mina looked fine. Um, the attention, please, is a really good submission move that I want to see her finish more people off with. But she was she was never coming, never beating Utami here. Don't get me wrong, Utami is not going all the way by any stretch of the imagination. But um, yeah, Mina wasn't beating her. Here. Move on then. I gave it two and a half, Chris. Yeah, same here. Uh, moving on, then, the semi-main um, with Saya Kamatani defeating Tam Nakano in 5 minutes and 48 seconds via over-the-top elimination with a springboard Hurricane Rana, which looked nice, Chris. Here's the thing. That's for one thing worth seeing from this match. But it got spoiled for me. So. Oh, no. The result or the move? So, the, no, a, a GIF came up on Twitter, and uh-huh. I watched it realized what it was oh no wounder so yeah i it it, it, the rest of the match was meh like we didn't really click until the end for me to be honest well it's weird because this match went five minutes and 48 seconds and i reckon two minutes of it took part on the apron Mm -hmm. but not a lot Um, happened on the apron yeah didn't really nothing really happened until the end and then, like, it speaks volumes about seeing two things coming out of this match between Sire, who is like one of the big, the, the bigger contenders in Stardom right now, and Tam, who's one of the champions. 
the only, the two things I've seen out of this is the finish and people looking at Tam's opening promo and tagging Maki Ito to try and get a reaction. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think five minutes and forty eight seconds. You know, one of the shortest matches on the card. I think they deserved a little bit more than that. Maybe cut off, like, say, Utami and Mina did not need eight minutes and 59 seconds. I personally don't think Yunagi and Natsukatora needed almost seven. Honestly, what I think is Rina and Izumi should have went three seconds and Rina just completely dropped that punk out. Well, I, I genuinely thought what was going to happen, you know, in the best of the Super Juniors a couple of years ago where um, they fought up into the crowd. I think it was Kanemaru. And oh, Kanemaru right. just wrapped Yo up in the um, in the seating and then sprinted back to the ring and uh, I Yo remember, got counted out. It was, it was show. show. I remember yes, that. Yes, of course it was. And I, th- I, I was like, that. That was great. I thought that was what was going to happen here, especially when um, Rena attacked Azumi before she got in the ring. But yeah, I mean, I'm not too bothered about that. That was one of the shortest matches on the card. I think it was th- third shortest on the card, so I'm not particularly bothered about that. Um, the only blessing about the Mayu and Fukuken death match was it was the shortest on the card. Um, still too long, though. Yeah, still far too long. Um, I mean, maybe we could have taken a smidge of time off Micah and Konami. Um, I'm not particularly bothered about that. I thought that was still a really good match. Yeah, just five minutes and 48 seconds for these two. Like, it just seems a little bit... Just doesn't seem enough. I mean, for me, and this is spoilers, I don't think Sayakamatani is going all the way because here she's already got a ready-made towel shot. She's beaten the champion. She's eliminated the white belt champion from the tournament. She's got a ready-made belt shot anyway. So it wouldn't surprise me if Sai Kamatani doesn't win it. But that's just my two cents. We'll be having a look at the brackets in Un Momento. Um, what'd you give this, Chris? Um, honestly, one and three quarters, because it was only good for like 30 seconds of its six-minute runtime. And hang on, what did you give Mayu and Fukigen Death? I didn't rate Mayu and Fukigen Death. Okay, right. Mm. <laughs> I just don't think I can rate it worse than, like, you know, the Inagi and Tora match. Well, I didn't mind the Inagi and Tora match. Mm. Well, I gave it two and a quarter, so it literally evens out as a two, which I think is fine. Um... Main event then, we had a DDM, all DDM match with Suri defeating Natsupoi in 9 minutes and 26 seconds. Um, Chris, certainly one of the better matches on the card. Yeah, the problem is it's one of the better matches on the card because we didn't pace it like a Cinderella match. It was basically like, just your typical singles match in stardom, wasn't it? Yeah, honestly, it started, I'm like, shit, they're working towards a draw, aren't they? Because they weren't working like it, they were going for a quick win, or like they're trying to get people on the outside. Mm. It wasn't like it was a fine match, but not a good Cinderella match, if you get me. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like Mike versus Timey last year. That was probably one of the better matches of the first round. Mm-hmm. But that's not it's not a good Cinderella match. It's not what you should be doing for a Cinderella match. I don't think that matters. In particular, you know, the it wasn't like it was slow, slow, slow finish. You know, they did pace it well. It did rise. It was the main event. It, you know, there were peaks and valleys. And every other match, Chris, every other match had someone going onto the outside, okay, and being 
you know, having that moment of tension. It was actually quite refreshing. I mean, it did happen here. I think it happened very, very briefly near the start. But if I was pacing this match, I'd just have Shiri continuously go for submissions, which she didn't really. She kind of just went for kicks. Like, but... go, go trying to, like, like swat Natsupoy up the air into an ankle lock or something. I think that could have been cooler than what we got, which was, like, just a standard... I wouldn't say house show because we did quite a lot, but like a, a fairly run-of-the-mill stardom random singles match. Um, I... Like if this wasn't in Cinderella, this probably would have went to a draw on a random house on a random like Osaka show. <laughs> um, I quite like the fact that Natsupoy completely um completely shocked Shuri with the way she was going with um for a high-speed star just rolled her up instantly, sort of threw Shuri off a game. I really quite like that. Um, yeah, potentially Shuri could have thrown in a few more. Um, submissions, but you can argue, you know, there's a storyline there where she didn't want to completely obliterate her, you know, in the terms of her promo sister. Um, but then it escalated to basically Suri trying to kick Natsupoy's head off. I thought it escalated well. I liked the fact that it was so different to every other match. I liked the fact that they actually wrestled. You know, the time limit wasn't a case of, right, let's just go balls to the wall for four minutes. I liked the fact that it escalated probably. It's, it's definitely top two matches of the night. Not that that's not that he's got much competition, don't get me wrong. Um but I gave it three and a half, Chris. I give it three and a half too. I did like it. Just it's a better match than it is a Cinderella match. Yeah, I I think they are two very different things. Um the best thing about this match though was after DDM have come into the ring and they've all raised hands, um Natsupoi turns to Suri and points to a cut on her forehead, which Suri has given her. So Suri attempts to give her a hug, and Natsupoi runs off and hugs Himika, which I quite enjoyed. I thought that was quite cool. Um, but yes, that was the Cinderella tournament in a nutshell. Um, Chris, comparing it to last year's tournament, match quality-wise, and I know it's very difficult to rate matches when they go, you know, two, three, and four minutes. What are you thinking in terms of this? Coming out of first round last year, you had a bit more to go on. Like, I had two matches on a match of year for last time out of Julia versus Jungle and May versus Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of prospects last year, the prospect was, ooh, we can go now see the rest of the tournament, whereas the prospect here is we're now going to have to desperately make content about this for ha- for the best part of a month because for, for no adequately explained reason. Mm. Um, so, Meh. Meh. I think you've got three very good matches in Konami versus Micah, Moma versus Starlight is brilliant match of the night. Um and but like, Nats and Suri. But other than but that, should, yeah. the thing, when we're talking about a Cinderella tournament, we shouldn't be going these matches are skippable. Because what the good thing about the original mm. concept was every match was essential. You just sat down and watched the whole show. Like yeah. you like Rebel Kale versus Azumi doesn't normally sound like a great prospect, but you sit down and watch it because it's part of the whole package. We're not getting that here. And like we're not getting people wrestling to win quickly because they at the end of the day they'll have time to recover. It's just taking all the fucking wind out of the Cinderella. I wouldn't um I wouldn't say it's like no. I know what you mean. I am I am hyped, and the reason I'm hyped is if you look at who is left in this tournament, who definitely isn't going to win it, okay, Yutami definitely is not winning this tournament. I can't see Mayu winning this tournament. You look at who's left, you know, you've got some really fresh names in there. 
And that's ultimately what this tournament's about. Yes, I completely agree with you. I would have much preferred this all to be on one day. Much preferred it. But it isn't. So we need to stop bitching and moaning about it. It's not on one day. So, you know, we get on with it. Whether it is like this next year, I don't know. The chances are probably. Yes, it does take away some of the magic from the tournament. Yes, you know, it does sort of relieve it of its not one redeeming feature, but a redeeming feature of it. But I don't think it's all a negative thing. Okay, let's let's focus. You say it's not all a negative thing, but it, like it hasn't added any positive. All the positives would have been there and enhanced on a one-day tournament anyway. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, I am yeah, saying yeah, it remain positive. No, fuck that. Well, no, because that's you being pedantic and shitty for no me, reason. That's not me being pedantic. It is. That's, You're saying oh. there's nothing positive to come out of this tournament. It's nothing not positive at all. There's obviously positives because we're fans That's of That's what promotion. I'm saying. I'm not saying this tournament has been bettered by making it over two days. I'm saying, yes, it's been, it's not, it shouldn't have been over two days. But I'm saying that there are positives to come out of it. But these positives are lessened by the change in format. I disagree. I think you're focusing on the format too much. That shouldn't take away from the fact that we are going to have a winner that could be Starlight Kids, say Kamatani, um, Micah. But there we are. Let's have a look at the brackets for the people who are left. So, the way that... This isn't helping my cause. The way they've structured the brackets... Have you seen the brackets, Chris? No. The way they've structured the brackets... So, buys into the quarter quarterfinals... Is it the quarterfinals? I can't see because of this bracket. It's a fucking week. Right, basically, Himika and Unagi have got buys into the next round. I don't understand why Unagi and Himika have got buys into the next round, but they are the two that have been given buys into the next round. The next round matches, the second rounds, are Suri versus Utami, Julia versus Micah, Starlight versus Sayakamatani, and then Mayu versus Rina, which, if you think about it, should have actually been Mayu versus Saki Kashima. Um, Unagi will face the winner of Siori and Utami, and Rina will. Uh, sorry, Rina. Himika will take on the winner of Mayu versus Rina. So, first things first, Chris. Doesn't help my argument in the slightest. Why Unagi and Himika have got buys, I don't know, but let's take it bracket by bracket. It- it's because they thought, let's extend it, but let's not just extend it to like a good amount. Let's just make it, what, 20 for no reason. They, no reason. they extended it to an amount of because, people that doesn't correlate sure. to a single elimination tournament. Because we have definitely put more thought into this tournament than Stardom have. Yeah, you know, you, you are right with that, to be fair. Um, right, let's go through these brackets then. So, Siori versus Utami, Chris. Um... Do you think Suri is going to win? Yeah, I think it might be a case of Shuri wins and that gives her a bigger challenge towards going for the red belt. Yeah, because she is next in line for the red belt after Yokohama. Um, Mm. I think if you look at that, then she beats Utami and then she beats Yunagi in the semifinals. I think... Oh, no, sorry, the quarterfinals. Yeah, the quarterfinals, sorry. Um, I think... (sighs) 
series a favourite to go to the final, I think, here. Hmm. Um, because if you look at the other side of that bracket, so you've got Suri versus Utami. We've got both got Suri winning, I assume. We've hmm. then got Unagi in the quarterfinals. I personally see Suri beating Unagi. I'm sure that you are the same. The winner of that match, the Suri and Unagi match, will then face the winner of Julia and Micah. Now, if you consider all of... I don't know if you saw the build-up to the tag match, which you loved so much at Yokohama. Um, <laughs> there was a bit of a bit of needling from Julia about how basically Micah was getting a little bit too big for a boot, basically trying to put her back in a place. And then, of course, you've got the Suri and Julia taking the tag belts off Micah and Himika. I see Micah doing Julia here. Yeah, I can see that. Because we want to try and keep DDM on equal pegging, by the look of it. Which means then that we have got a Suri versus Micah semi-final. Rematch from last year. Which is a rematch from last year. I think Micah might do that. Yeah. I can... Yeah. Yeah, I bet it would be me and Himika after that, wouldn't it? Because Himika's got a bite. Well, on the other side of the bracket... I don't think it might have been give the champions a bite, but most of the champions got knocked out. Well, yeah, I mean, champions-wise, you've got Suri who's the SWA and Utami who's the Red Belt champion. You could have given both of those to... You could have given both of those a bite, but... We we, we should honestly be booking Stardom. I just... I I don't get it. Um, Anyway, so the other side of the bracket. So we've both got Micah going through to the final. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other side of the bracket then. So we've got um, Mayweather and Rina. Yeah, Rina's going to pull it out there. I mean, I would have said you're an (laughs) idiot. But then having looked at the way that Rina actually got through in the first round, it would not surprise me if Rina beats... Mayu simply because Tora, Konami, Ruaka all hold Mayu down. It wouldn't surprise me. <sighs> oh, I can't I can't put Rina through ahead of Mayu. Can I? <laughs> can I? You're not going to, just say Mayu so we can move on. Yeah, fuck it, Mayu. Um so then it will be Mayu versus Himika. And, and I reckon DDM, no, sorry, Awada Tai will completely destroy Mayu, leading to um, Himika picking up the scraps and destroying Mayu, and then going through to the final to win. And I believe that because... Himika's already had one match with Mayu, it was in the five star, and Mayu won, didn't she? Mm. So uh, but this won't be, be a cl- and it wouldn't be a clean win. And then Himika goes to the final. She can go over Micah, who's already had experience against Utami and is compared to Utami quite a lot. Natural, a natural path to the red belt for Himika. You've jumped ahead. You have missed out Starlight Kid and Sai Kamatani. Oh, in which case, Starlight, oh, yeah, then go through. And then the natural path. So you think so? Basically, we've got Mayu going over Rina, and then Himika going over Mayu, which takes her into the semi-finals to take mm-hmm. on either Starlight or Sayakamatani. It will either be well. To be fair, Starlight would be the biggest star, but also um, Himika's never beaten Saya, so that could be a big thing. 
Mike. and also another. Actually, she's also an, a former Red Bull champion. So yeah, be be a legendary Red Bull champion, and then beat the last two of the last the two last remaining challenges left in Stardom. Natural path to Red Bull. So you think Sayakamatani beat Starlight? Yeah. Well, his it, it, thing. This is what I do, but clearly I've put more thought into this than Stardom. <laughs> so the bracket so, then. Mayu beats Rina. Mayu and Himika in one quarter final. Himika beats Mayu because of mm-hmm. a Wiener tie interference. Yes. Um, Starlight and Sayakamatani. You've got Sayakamatani going over to meet Himika in the semi final. Himika goes through Saya, and it'll be a Mika versus Himika final. Himika will beat Mika, um, which, as you said, Mika and Saya have already gone for the red belt. So Himika then not only goes through two red belt challenges, but she then challenges Utami for the red belt. Is that what mm. you think is going to happen? That's what I would have happen. Okay, I agree with you. Um, I think I think the chances are it's basically. I think the three it's going to come down to are Siori, Mika, and Himika. Those are the three it's going to come down to. Those are your three finalists. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sayakamatani, as I said before, Sayakamatani has already got a bona fide title match. She's already got a white belt title challenge locked by eliminating Tam in the first round. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't then need to go and win the tournament. Correct. Micah has already challenged for the red belt this year. She challenged in January at the 10th anniversary. So much as getting to the final will be a good rub for her. I'd like to see Micah go through Julia and then go through Siori, the two people that took the belts off them at Yokohama. The only difference I can see maybe is having Micah and Suri in the semi-final and Suri going through. If Suri went to the final, do you still see Himika winning? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was I'm going... not wavering. I'm not wavering from my path. I'm going full on stardom. Who just put Rena through because she's also in a weather tie. But I wish I. Oh, I wish I'd changed. Fuck's sake, Azumi. Um, anyway, just got one question regarding that. Um, Victor, uh, some deviant on Twitter has asked, after, <laughs> after seeing the brackets, what do you think of a Himika versus Unagi final? I think we've just gone through that. I don't see... <laughs> There's Chris's answer. No. No. Um, no. I don't, I don't that, see you, Nagi, that, having to get through a side of the packet that contains the red belt champion, Siori, Mika, and Julia. I don't see you, Nagi, getting through now. If that happens, I will sing a soulful acoustic rendition of I'm an ass man beneath guns, WWF attitude era theme live on air. I love the fact that you thought that you had to quantify which Mr. Ass Man you were going to sing, as though there is more than one song called Mr. Ass Man. I'm sure there's a sex jam from the 90s called <laughs> Ass Man. <laughs> I don't know why when you say sex, Jam, it sounds proper creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the Cinderella tour uh, continues. We're just going to quickly have a look at some of these cards and go through basically what are some of the more important matches. There were shows on the 17th and on the 18th, but of course, as we release this to the 18th, they aren't up on... um, Stardom World as of yet. So the show from the 17th of April, um, which was Saturday, um, 
There is, I'm just having a look. We have got a six-woman tag. Himika Natsupoya and Micah versus Utami Saya and Hina. Um, we have got Julia and Suri taking on Momo AZ. That will be very good. Should be all right, yeah. Um, and then it's six-woman tag, Stars versus Oida Tag, which I think we're going to see quite a lot of. Um, the 18th of April, and this is from Matsumoto. We have got um, Mike and that's playing Julia taking on Momo, Azumi, and Saikamatani. Again, should be really, really good. Um, that's really it from that card. Not a lot else to say. The 24th. Now, this is an interesting card, and you'll see why in a minute. Again, this is from Hamamatsu. So, 24th of April, Hamamatsu. This is really interesting because we have two singles matches opening the card. Um, Starlight Kid versus Lady C. That's not the one I'm talking about. And then Mayu versus Azumi. Why didn't we just have Azumi go through? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. However, that should be really tasty. I'm a little bit disappointed that it's on the undercard of a Road 2 show and has a 50. Yeah, it's got a 15-minute time limit, which tells me it's a 15-minute time limit draw. But I imagine that is going to be a really, really, really good match, so I will be checking that out. Um, We have got Cosmic Angels taking on the DDM team of Natsupoy, Himika, and Micah. Um, and then we've got, I don't know, some of we the time bollocks. Um, 25th then um, from the Edian Arena Osaka. Let's have a look and see what other tasty things we've got from this match. Sayaka Kamatani versus Fukukin Death. Get in. Um, be, yeah. MK Sisters taking on Himika and Natsupoi. Should be fine. Should be good. Um, and then only other match of any real note. Um, DDM, Julia, Suri, and Micah versus Momo, Yutami, and Azumi. That should be very good as well. And then the 29th, the last night of the tour that isn't actually a tournament, um, April 29th from Sendai, my favourite place in the whole world. Um, is it by any chance? Is it what? Sendai Pit. Uh, it will be Sendai Pit, yeah. We have got um, Himika and Micah, the ex-goddess of stardom tag titles, uh, champions, taking on Momo and Sayakamitani. Um MK Sisters taking on uh, Yunagi and Mina, which again should be very good. And then the main event is six-woman tag, DDM, Natsupoi, Julia Suri, taking on the Awidatai team of Konami, Ruaka and um, Natsuka Tora. Overall, there's a couple of decent matches in there, but aside from... The the only one that really sticks out to me is Azumi versus Mayu. Um, there's... the Again, I don't know anything that happened from the 17th and 18th shows, because I don't know about you, but I think Julia and Suri versus Momo AZ could be very, very tasty. And I personally think we could be seeing a tag title challenge yeah, I don't see any point in doing it if you're not going to do that. No, it it makes sense. And again, on a bigger stage, Momo AZ versus Julia and Shuri would be a very, very tasty matchup, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, there's there's not really a great deal to talk about. Um, the next big show is the 29th, isn't it? There's a couple of Corricans before then. But yeah, the next big show is the 29th of May, which is uh, Tokyo Dream Cinderella. 
So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, only a short podcast today, but then again, the matches were all only about four minutes, so there we are. Um, the chances are um, we will try and do another podcast to cover the Road 2 shows, as they were, uh, before doing the final um, Cinderella tournament um, night on the 30th. If we don't, we'll do it all as one after the 30th of April again. There's no point giving you a time or a date because we need to wait for it all to be uploaded onto Stardom World. So keep an eye on our Twitter and on the Discord if you are part of our Discord so that we can keep you informed of the next time we'll be dropping an episode. Um, Until then, thank you so much for listening. Um, You can go and check out our podcast. Go and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. Anywhere you get your podcasts, we are everywhere. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. It really does help the podcast out. Um, you can talk to us on Twitter at, at the Stardom Cast. You can talk to me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Chris, where can they find you? At Chris Lespira. You can check out the website, www.podmania.co.uk, where you can check out all of our archived podcast ratings and our match ratings from all of the shows, including the ones we've rated today. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.